Good morning, Calvary Chapel, South Jersey, and happy Resurrection Day. Well, I got to confess, man, I miss you guys. Um, it's kind of weird doing this, uh, to uh, teach His Word, and not teaching His Word is weird, but teaching, and teaching to a, an empty sanctuary is kind of different. Um, We have a few guys that is helping us put all this on, but um, I know for Juan and Jared, myself, and the rest of the staff, man, we're jonesing to get back uh, to fellowship, and uh, you know, I I don't know what this is anymore. We're doing this, and we're kind of hitting feet together, and this social distancing, that's just against the Christian nature, man. We want to hug, you know, but, but praise the Lord, we have this technology. And I know our governor said something about, you know, not gathering together for the religious holidays. Well, we're not religious to begin with. <laughs> so, um, but what he doesn't know, and I pray for him, um, is that our God is omnipresent. And that uh, he is with us here, and uh, he is with you guys at home. So in, in a sense, guys, you know, wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he, he's there. And so that's what connects us together, and what a glorious, glorious uh, day we're going to have um, with him today. So... With all that being said, if um, you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew's Gospel, of course, the account of the um, the resurrection day, and maybe as the rest of the world we call it their Easter Sunday, um, it's mentioned in all four accounts: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But we're going to read out of Matthew's account, um, chapter twenty-eight. And, uh, of course, we'll do the norm and we'll read and then wherever you're at, at home or viewing this, you'll stand and pray with us. Beginning with verse 1, it says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was... A great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone of, the stone from the door. I love this part, gang. And he sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. They fainted. The angels answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He's not here, for he's risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there shall you see him low I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring the disciples word. 
And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them and said, and said, all hail. They came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Gal- Galilee and there they shall see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came to the city and showed unto the chief priest and all the things, um, all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money to the soldiers, saying, Say his disciples came by night and stole him away while they slept. And if this comes to the governor's ear, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money. They did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away to Galilee into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when he saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Jesus came and he spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen and amen. That's the end of Matthew. Wherever you're at this morning, would you please keep your Bible in hand and stand with me and let's pray over our text. Father God, thank you. Lord, I know the world calls it Easter. And a lot of us, Lord, we know the origin of that word Easter. But for the believer, this is a day we celebrate, the day of resurrection. The day, Father, in which, with all power and authority, you laid down your life and then you would raise it up again. Lord, we're here today, Father, to celebrate life. To celebrate the Lordship of Jesus Christ. To celebrate, Lord, what you accomplished on that glorious day. Lord, a part of that gospel message is not just death and burial, but it is the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being alive and risen, Lord, and alive in our hearts. We pray, Lord, now as we just begin to look at this a little deeper, Lord, we pray for your anointing upon our minds and upon our hearts. Father, that when we, when we leave wherever we're at or maybe we'll go in, all into the, our meal, whatever, Lord, we'll have a glimpse not of the of religion, but of our resurrected Christ. We love you, Father. Pray for your blessing upon the study. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You know, two questions I want to ask you this morning. 
And that is, what does Easter mean and why does Easter matter? Now, I use that word Easter because I'm learning through technology. There's a lot of people checking us out. I think the last update we had, well, I can't even give you the number. In the thousands, people are watching us. For most parts of the world, they call it Easter. But for the church, we call it the the day of resurrection. But what does resurrection mean? And what does, pardon me, resurrection matter? You know... The resurrection reveals that what Jesus claimed to be, he was. He was God. Now, if I were to say to you, I was a good teacher or possibly a good leader, that could be debated. Some might agree and then some might disagree with that. But if I were to say, I am God... Well, I think that might cause a ruckus. And indeed, that's exactly what happened with our Lord. Jesus claimed to be God. And it did not set well in the hearts of the religious leader. For that most, it didn't set too well in the hearts of a lot of people. But in John chapter 14... This is where Jesus makes this declaration and in other parts of the Bible or other scripture verses. But in John chapter 14, verse 7, he says, If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you know him. And listen, you have seen him. Well, Philip and Philip was one of the 12 disciples He says to him, well, Lord, show us the Father. That'll be sufficient for us. And then Jesus says to Philip, have I been with you this so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me and that the words that I speak to you, I speak not of my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the work. He says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves in reference to the miracles he's performed. There are three times, there's three times the Lord uses this word, if you had known me, to his disciples. That word known is gnosko. It's a Greek word, which literally means, if you have experienced me, if you have had um, a relationship with me intimately. In fact, the Jewish idiom for sexual relationships between the man and the woman is the same exact words. If that's, if you knew me like that, you would have known the Father. Now, you could read that and say, okay, but he doesn't directly come out and say that Jesus claimed to be God. 
But yet, if we read John chapter 10, verse 30, he says, I and the Father, we are one. You know, that disturbed the Jews immensely. The religious leaders took fault. In fact, they took such a fault with it, it tells us in 31 that they took up stones to stone him. And then it says in 32, Jesus answered, he says, many good works I have shown you from my father. Which of those works do you stone me? Why are you stoning me? And then Jesus answered and said, well, for the good works. And I'm sorry, Jesus said, it's not for the good works. We're not stoning you for the good works that you perform, but because you made yourself out to be God. Jesus claimed to be God. Jesus claimed deity. In fact, it tells us again, and the reason he could make such a claim in John chapter 2, verse 18, it says, so the Jews answered him and said, you know, what sign will you show us since you do these things? And then Jesus said, look, destroy this temple and in three days I will rise it up again. Well, they said, well, it took us 46 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it up in three days? But see, Jesus was speaking about the temple of his body and only God could make such claims. That's why he said in verse 22, therefore, when he has risen from the dead, that his disciples remembered that he had said these things, they believed the scriptures and the words which Jesus had said to them. Jesus claimed to be God, not man, but Jesus himself claimed to be deity. That's what resurrection means to so many of us. The second thing that resurrection means to us is that what Jesus has, he had already had. In other words, he claimed to have power and authority. And when we look at the resurrection of Jesus, that's what we see in him. He has power and authority. He mentions this in John chapter 10 again, verse 18, where he says, no man takes my life. A part of me he says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I've got the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. This command I have received of my, of my father. He talks about a power which in the Greek language is called exousia, which means just, yes, it's power, but it's also the authority. He is saying, in essence, that no man's taken my life. Not the Romans, not the Jews, not the Gentiles. But because of his own power, because of his own authority, he sacrifices his life voluntarily. He had that kind of authority. He says that he could do what no man could ever, could ever do. So not only did he claim to have something that he already had because he was God, he also claimed to do something, or he did something that he claimed that he would do. And what is that? See, this is what resurrection means to us. There again in John 10, 
chapter 32. If you have your Bibles, it says, Now they that were on the road going up to Jerusalem, Jesus was going before them. They were amazed. They followed him and they were afraid. So he took the twelve aside again and he began to tell them the things that would happen to him. Behold, he says to them, we're going to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priest, to the scribes. They will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. They're going to... Can you imagine this little this conversation he's having with his disciples? Not amazement. Probably not even like total shock, bewilderment. What are you talking about? They're going to condemn you to death. They're going to deliver you over to the hands of the Gentiles. But you see, what Jesus is claiming here is he's going to claim something that he will, he's going to do. And he's going to, with that power, with that authority, he is going to lay down his life and to raise it up again. He says in verse 34, they will mock him. They will scourge him. They will spit upon him. They'll kill him. But this was his final words in that conversation. But on the third day, he will rise again. He's alive. So what Jesus claimed that he would do, he did. See, that's why Resurrection Day is so meaningful to us. He's alive. He's alive and I'm forgiven. And heaven's gates are open wide. He also goes on, as far as expressing what resurrection means to us, not only is He God, not only does He have the power and authority over life and death, but He has the power to raise Himself back from the dead. So that's what resurrection means, gang. That's why we celebrate it. But why does it matter? There's so many people. I think the phrase is Christers, you know. There are, there's a group of folks that will recognize Christ during Christmas. And they recognize Him during Easter. But for the born again believer, for the child of God... Easter's every day. Christmas is every day. He's alive within our hearts. As the song says, He walks with me, talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. But what, why does it matter? Well, because He's God. I know, I know without a doubt. I am certain of my future and of my destiny. You know, when Jesus was having a conversation with his good friends, Mary and Martha, over their, their brother, Lazarus, who had passed away, he says to Mount Martha in John chapter 11, he says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. He that believes in me, though he might die, he, will, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And this was a pointed question right towards Martha. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? See, guys, it can be something, you know, it's one thing to say, well, I celebrate Easter. 
I celebrate Christmas. But it's another thing to say, no, I celebrate a resurrected Christ who is alive, who rules, He reigns. He rules and reigns in the church. He rules and reigns in my heart. And you know, I know we're going through a difficult time right now, but He even rules and reigns in the world today. He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. John chapter 14, verse 1. I think it says it all. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Let it not be afraid. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my, father ha- my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. Where I go, you know, and the way you know. And of course, our buddy Thomas here, some call him Doubting Thomas. Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And of course, John 14, 6, a verse that many of us have memorized. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You know, there's this crazy notion out there that all roads lead to God. You know that just be a good person. Just be devoted to a certain denomination and eventually you'll get to God. You know how lame that is? You know, that would be equivalent to me saying, look, just type in seven numbers on your phone and you'll get to me. Just dial in seven numbers in a pay phone. Well, they don't have pay phones. Anymore, do they? Boy, that shows my age. But anyway, just uh, just pick seven random numbers and you'll get me on the phone. You would say, Harry, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. That's lame. It's ludicrous. Well, it's the same with the Father in heaven. See, the Bible teaches us that there's only one way. There's only one truth. There's only one way to get to the Father and it's through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our way. To know, to come into the presence of God. Because Jesus claimed to be who He was. You and I can have this certainty. We can have this conviction. We can have this assurity. As Paul the Apostle would say, to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of Jesus. Now because Jesus had uh, claimed to have this power and authority. And of course, that's what resurrection means. But what does it matter? That What it matters? Well, that means that He possesses the power and the authority to get me through all my difficulties in life. Now, I know right now, presently, gang, we're going through something. And there's a lot of people out there who are very fearful. But you know what? Jesus has... The final say in everything. He has the final power. He has the final authority. You know what he says in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18? It says, Jesus came and he spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me. All authority in heaven and in earth. So the command to you and I after the resurrection 
the command to you and I as Christians is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the reason he could say he has all this power and all this authority and he is with us today and can give us that same authority in the difficulties and the difficult life we experience today. He says, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Lo, I am always, um, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He is with us, gang. See, you can go to Buddha's tomb or wherever they have him in a clay jar. He's still there. Muhammad's still in his grave. Confucius is still in his grave. Krishna's still there, gang. But you can go to the tomb in Jerusalem and peek inside and you will find an empty tomb. He is risen. He is alive. No wonder Paul the Apostle said in Philippians 4.13, Man, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. If he wasn't alive, we couldn't make such a declaration. We couldn't, nor could we sing that, uh, that old song, God sent his son, they called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lives, he died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds my future, life is worth the living just because he lives. Oh, because Jesus did what he claimed to do, and that's in reference to his death, burial, and resurrection. You know what that means? You know why it matters? Man, I, there's no one here, but I'm getting excited. There's no barriers between you and God. There, there needs to be no opposite, no barriers, no walls. Ephesians says there is no more Jews, um, Gentiles, barbarians, Scythians, that we are all one in Christ Jesus. Why? How could he possibly do this? Well, I'll tell you why and how. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin. This is something we covered on Good Friday evening there here, on the, here, here at the church. It says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. See, gang, because of Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, when he rose from the dead, the sin issue was dealt with. That's why he could say, it's finished. It's done. Hey, do you remember back, I don't know if you're my age or whatever, but we had this toy called the Etch-A-Sketch. It was uh, the precursor to the laptop, I suppose. And uh, I, I remember having one of those things and you would try to do, use, the, there was only two dials. It, it was computer friendly. And we would try to do something. If we made a mistake, we would turn it upside down, give it a wicked shake, turn it back and it would be erased. The old Etch-A-Sketch. You know what, guys? There are a lot of people today wishing, hoping that there would be a, an etch-a-sketch for them for life. You know, that 
God would turn it upside down and erase it clean. But you see, it can be. You know, when we come to Christ and we recognize the death, the burial, the resurrection, the gospel message, which is the power unto salvation, as it were, He takes the etch-a-sketch and He shakes it and we're, our slate is wiped clean, forgiven, past, present, and future. All the sins of humanity was judged on the cross for you and I. You know, all we have to recognize is what Jesus said to a Nicodemus, a religious leader there in John chapter 3, where he looked at this religious man and he said, Nick, you just have to be born again, man. And Nicodemus, I don't think there was any sarcasm. I don't think he was being flippant. But he did say, how's that happen, man? Does a man go back up into his mother's womb and then he's rebirthed? And Jesus said so gently to him, no, Nick, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Physical birth, that's, that's something else. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And then Jesus said, so marvel not what I say to you. You've got to be born again, man. See, when God's spirit, and he can do this now because he's, re- he's re- risen from the dead. His spirit comes into man's spirit. And that spirit that was caught in the trespasses of sin that was dead is resurrected to life. Thus, we have that term being born, born again. So many of us have experienced that. Mine goes all the way back to September 1973, where Jesus' spirit came into my spirit. My spirit was resurrected to life. And I knew I was born again. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. And again, he walks with me, talks with me along life's narrow ways. There's so many songs that depict that truth. Listen, it was so important, so important that, that, that when Jesus said about the resurrection, he says, not only do you need to know that the resurrection is true and it can be experienced, but it was a fulfillment of Scripture. It tells us in Luke chapter 24, uh, there in verse 44, he said to them, these words which I have spoken unto you while I was still with you, and again, this is after his resurrection, that all these things might be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, written by the prophets, written in the Psalms. And he opened their understandings that they might comprehend the scriptures. And that is my prayer for you guys, folks, today, that all these verses that I've been quoting, the scripture verses that we've opened up, that the Holy Spirit of God will open your understanding and that you will know that he's not about, it's not about religion, man. It's about a personal relationship with a living God because he lives. Now I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all my fear is gone. Because he lives, he lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today, gang. He lives. Not only is it a fulfillment of scripture, but it's evidence of forgiveness of sin. Because he's alive, he, it's a, again a demonstration of his forgiveness. It tells us in 1 Corinthians fifteen seventeen, if Christ isn't risen, your faith is fruitful, 
you are still in your, in your sins. If Christ is not risen, it's useless, useless it's pointless, it, it just has, it has no truth, no merit. We're still caught in the trespasses of our sin. But because He is risen and He is alive today, there is the forgiveness of sin. And not only is there forgiveness of sin, and now this is for the student of the Word, there is also justification. Now that, I've been saved a long time, guys. And to have God declare, I am justified by faith, I cannot fully wrap my mind around that concept. Because the word justification literally means just as if I've never committed a sin. And I know my own heart. I'm a, I'm a lot like David there in Psalms 51 where he talks about cleaning and cleansing. But he tells us in Romans 8:31, What shall we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who can bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who can condemn? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. Gang, just in closing... Not only is it a fulfillment of Scripture, not only is it a forgiveness of sin, not only by faith is there justification, there is a hope. And man, the world needs hope today. They need this hope. 1 Corinthians 15, 19 says, If in this life only we have in Christ, we are all men most miserable. He's talking about if this is the best it gets, we're miserable. But it's not. Gang, because of the efficiency of of the cross, of the resurrection, we have a hope, we have a peace. We know we have a peace that surpasses human understanding. Listen, gang, Jesus claimed to be God. That's why resurrection matters. Jesus claimed to have all power and authority. That's why resurrection matters. Jesus claimed to do what he did. Death, burial, resurrection. And that is why resurrection matters. And when we look at that, we have hope. We have peace. We have assurance. I don't know where you're at today with the Lord. I really don't. Maybe... Maybe you're watching because someone just kind of emailed you, texted you and said, hey, go to ccsouthjersey.org on Easter morning. And here you are listening to me, you know. Let me tell you what Jesus told Nicodemus. You've just got to be born again. You let Christ into your life. He comes in as a living Savior. And it's as simple as believing in your heart that God died for you, rose for you, and now He makes intercession for you. If you're there or watching me, and just pray this simple, simple prayer for me. Jesus, thank you for dying 
for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. I believe. I believe that You died for me. You were buried for me. And on the third day, You rose for me. And now I make You my Lord and my Savior. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Happy Resurrection Day, gang.